Welcome to the Life Right Here, Inner Medicine Tools for Present Moment Living. I'm your host, Emma Waters, yoga teacher, educator, and inner medicine coach. We'll explore all things yoga, Ayurveda, and contemplative practice to give you practical tools and insight to reduce overwhelm, soothe the nervous system, and remind you of who you are at your core, right here in this moment. The Life Right Here is your weekly prescription of peace, presence, and power. Let's tune in. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 40 of the Life Right Here podcast. Each time I reach an episode that's a multiple of 10, it feels like a milestone, (laughs) like a birthday. We do celebrate those big birthdays, I suppose. So I thank you for tuning in on my big 4-0. I might just pretend it's my 40th birthday again. (laughs) Sounds like a lovely idea. Today's episode is inspired actually by a coaching client I recently had a session with. And it got me thinking about my own journey in making changes that were needed in my life and how that took a lot of courage and truthfulness on my part, and actually a willingness to take responsibility for how my life was playing out and how I was internally, to get really real with myself. And it also reminded me of how our yoga practice supports the process of truth-telling in our lives. So this will be a little bit of sharing again, but also some support for you perhaps to begin to gently take more responsibility for what your life is like. So I'm reading a book at the moment called You Are the Mountain by Brianna Wiest, I would pronounce it, and it's really powerful. It's about all those ways that we resist change because it's uncomfortable and we just want to be comfortable because we feel safer. She talks about us having this great fear of the unknown, despite the fact that we have little control really over what could happen to us at any moment. But we cling to the familiar, even when it's not so great for us and may actually be keeping us stuck in a life that doesn't suit us anymore. And so we're feeling, if that's the case, that internal resistance to life as it is. And so this book discusses self-sabotage as a form of self-protection. But in the book, there's a quote that really rang true for me. And I shared it with this coaching client and and maybe it could serve as a a light bulb for you perhaps. Because it was realizing this fact when I was at my breaking point about eight years ago and feeling it in my bones that ultimately led me down the path of change. And the quote in the book is this, the breaking point is when we finally realize that the problem is not how the world is, but is how we are. I'll read it again. The breaking point is when we finally realize that the problem is not how the world is, but is how we are. And I must say that many women who come to coach with me are at or close to that breaking point. 
I want you to notice your initial reaction to the quote. Is it to push back with excuses or to blame other people or situations? Just notice. There's no judgment here. Or are you ready to open to the truth of that statement? And I find that if you are getting an inkling that this is true, you're the perfect candidate for coaching because you're ready to face that truth. It's hard to face that truth. And I understand that different people have different life experiences and there are many things in the world that unfairly disadvantage some groups over others. That has to be acknowledged. And perhaps this is not appropriate in all lives, but I've definitely found it to be true in my own life. It's like that saying, wherever you go, there you are. We can't escape ourselves, but we definitely try to in many ways. And I do believe that the only path to freedom and peace is an internal one where we have to reconcile and to some extent accept what has happened to us while also taking action towards feeling empowered and in charge of our own life and working towards systemic change in many ways in the outside world as well. From a yogic perspective, this statement calls us to practice satya or truthfulness. And truthfulness is not just about telling the truth or not telling lies. There's many layers to satya. Satya is one of the yamas. And the yamas make up the first limb of yoga on the eight-limbed path described by Patanjali in the Yoga Sutras. Satya is the second yama. So the first limb of yoga, the second yama, there's five of them. And the yamas are ethical disciplines which support us to live a peaceful life. For me, the path towards satya has been taking full responsibility for where I am in my life and how I'm feeling in any given moment. And again, this is in the in absence of danger or human rights violations or systemic injustice, of course. For me... Taking responsibility has given me a great sense of power, empowerment. The feeling that I'm in charge of my life and how I respond to things like stress, work responsibilities, parenting, and the list could go on there. If we are living in a way that does not honor our true feelings about what we want to be devoting our time to, how we want to be living and what we value, then there will be inner conflict. When we practice being honest with ourselves, we can be more honest with those around us. But what gets in the way of this truthfulness, in my experience, is over-identification with thoughts and emotions. Being stuck in those vrittis. Remember those mental fluctuations that we're aiming to still through our yoga practice. And I've introduced you to the Yoga Sutra, Yoga Chittavritti Nirodha. We've talked about that stillness, Nirodha. Yoga is the stilling of the mental fluctuations. So that through that stillness, we can begin to glimpse the unchanging and real part of ourselves underneath the thoughts 
underneath the emotions. And the sat of satcha literally translates as true essence or true nature. And so for me, I realized the truth of that statement. The problem is not how the world is, but it's how I am at a breaking point in my life where I was teaching school, I think full time, constantly busy, stressed, needing to do everything perfectly, putting loads of pressure on myself to be everything to everybody until my body and nervous system decided, nope, we can't keep living like this. (laughs) And I was also ignoring my calling over decades to be teaching yoga, to be doing what I really wanted to do because I was scared of it. Yoga says that the way we view the world is a function of our nervous system and my nervous system had had it. I was not resting. I had no time for stillness. I was constantly doing. I had no idea of the contents of my mind because it was so uncomfortable to sit still for me, despite my physical yoga practice of 12 years. Yes, 12 years of practicing asana until I was able to sit still long enough to realize that all of my suffering was coming from the inside. And it it was a revelation. (laughs) So perhaps the first step here towards practicing satya, truthfulness, is to stop and make space to be still and silent, to allow yourself to take a closer look at what thoughts you're having day to day, even if it's uncomfortable to do that. And I think I've recommended stillness and silence (laughs) a hundred times on this podcast already. But I wonder how many of you have actually made space for that. That would be interesting to find out. We resist it. Rumi said, silence is not empty. It is full of answers. Such a beautiful (laughs) message. But we have to retrain ourselves to look within for the answers because that's where they are. But do it slowly and in small steps so that you can gradually acclimatize almost (laughs) to the uncomfortable conditions. And if we use climbing Everest as a metaphor, the book is called You Are the Mountain, so that seems appropriate. They don't just climb Everest in one hit. They go up and back down, up, back down, a little higher, back down to gradually get used to the conditions and prepare their body and mind and it's treacherous climbing a mountain i'm a little bit obsessed with any documentaries about mount everest or the himalayas i'm super interested in what makes people climb those mountains and the mountains themselves so beautiful but you need to want to climb and so this practice of truthfulness and digging into your inner life is the same You have to want to change things. And that time comes when it's less comfortable to stay the same than it is to make the change. And actually, Mauna, noble silence, is a spiritual practice in itself. It enables us to go deeper within. And we can commit to it as a practice. And so a question to ask yourself here is, what am I doing to distract myself 
or numb or cover over the discomfort I am experiencing internally. Because that might help initially to feel better, but until you're courageous enough to look inward, to truly look in there, the discomfort is only going to get worse, I can assure you, (laughs) from my own experience. And so in terms of making space for stillness, I'd suggest doing that at the end of asana practice, after you've moved, connected with your body, your body will be a little more prepared for it. And this is the role of Shavasana at the end of our yoga practice. I've said it before, to train the body first to be still. It's good to be reminded though. And you might start with one minute of stillness and gradually progress. We're constantly being drawn outside of ourselves to solve the problems of our life. But no one else can solve the problems of your life. Only you can. And realizing that is so empowering and daunting (laughs) because you're the cause, but you're also the solution and the tools of yoga. And I've shared many practices and ideas here in this very podcast. They support us on the journey inward, up the mountain that is ourselves to continue the metaphor. Yoga is like the oxygen tank on Everest, our lifeline when it feels too much. So tip one, slow down, make space for stillness. The next part of practicing satya is to take full responsibility for our reactions and our actions. If we're not taking time to ourselves, we're stressed out of our brains and not willing to take a look at the thoughts that are creating our reality, then we're not taking full responsibility for our life. And we'll more likely be feeling overwhelmed and depleted, stuck on autopilot and blaming everything around us for our problems. Step two is about putting on a big girl pants and admitting, yeah, I'm stuck here. I've gotten myself into a pickle, but I can get myself out. I'm in charge of my life and I'm taking the reins back. During this process, It's also really important to practice self-compassion. So that would be tip three. During those times where we do react in a way we're not proud of or we repeat old patterns because they're familiar and we repeat them because we feel safer, because they're known to us. We must show kindness to ourselves as we begin to live in a different way. It's hard And we have to go gently without judgment in order to begin to see things as they really are. And also to not beat ourselves up for taking so long to realize that we are in charge. (laughs) Our world is really practiced at keeping us asleep and bamboozling us into overwhelm. But the great thing is we can switch off from the outside. We can practice being gentle with ourselves. And I'll put a link to the episode I've created with a self-compassion practice. I'll put that in the episode description here. And you can take little step by little step towards the driver's seat. I'm using lots of metaphors today. (laughs) I do love a metaphor or a literary device. (laughs) And towards realizing that you have a choice in how you spend your time, in how you take care of yourself and over what you prioritize. 
of course, again, assuming you have your basic needs met. And the best thing about this also is that those of us born with privilege, when we take back control of our own lives, we can use that privilege for good and to support change in our world rather than feeling guilt or overwhelm and disempowerment, which the patriarchy (laughs) and organizations are controlled by that. They benefit from. So overall, this episode is really about asking yourself a few questions. How am I really? Am I blaming others or one person in particular or a situation for how my life is? Do I feel stuck and am I struggling to take action to change that because it feels overwhelming? How does this truth sit with me? The problem is not how the world is, it's how I am. Are you at your breaking point or close to it? How can I cultivate space each day to look at what stories I'm telling myself about my life and my problems. And to finish, I just want to share a mantra, a tool that you can use. You could listen to, you could learn it, repeat it during this process of moving towards satya, truthfulness, and of taking responsibility for how you are. Remember, mantra translates as mind tool. Manas is the mind, tra is tool. And it works to change the mental patterns. But this one in particular is like a prayer for truth. It's from the Upanishads. This is a collection of texts from ancient India. And I'll repeat it three times for you. So you might learn it if you'd like. Om Asatoma Satgamaya Tamasoma Jyotirgamaya Mrityorma Amritam Gamaya Om Asatoma Satgamaya Tamasoma Jyotirgamaya Mrityorma Amritam Gamaya Asatoma Satgamaya Tamasoma Jyotirgamaya Mrityorma Amritam Gamaya Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Lead me from the unreal to the real, from darkness to light, from death to immortality. Thanks for being here. I'll be back soon. Thank you.